This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I was surprised. Some of the numbers in here, some of the information that we're going to uncover is very surprising to me. Now, if there's one thing that we've learned... Um, over the past several years, the internet has become a virtual playground for con artists all over the world. And if you've got a smartphone or you spend any time online, you know they're they're uh, oh they're busy and they're, they're, it's nonstop with phone calls, with texts, with emails. I mean, it never ends. They will explore every avenue available, which includes online dating platforms. They are raking in huge amounts of money. And in this case, you know, it's kind of, we, we provide the platform with these dating platforms and they're virtually unregulated. But like I say, uh, there's a push to say, maybe we need to do a better job of keeping people safe because we're talking about a tremendous amount of money. So to get some details on exactly how bad it is and what could possibly be done, we're going to chat with Carlo Handy Charles, who is a PhD candidate in sociology and geography at McMaster. Um, Carlo, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, Shay. Thank you very much for having me. You know, I was kind of surprised to find out through your work that these dating platforms are very widely used by con artists, aren't they? Yes, it's uh, it's definitely surprising. Um, I think it's more surprising because of the pandemic, because yeah. most, uh, you know, there is a number of people uh, that's quite increasing, uh, you know, who have been uh, using dating platforms, you know, dating sites and apps uh, because of the inability to meet in person. Uh, and then, yeah, so that has provided the perfect uh, kind of uh, condition and situation for uh, scammers and, and con artists to, to just reach people more easily than they would have uh, been able to uh, prior to the pandemic. Okay, so two things there, and maybe it's a chicken or an egg kind of a discussion. Um, is it more people were on the dating apps because of the pandemic, and then the con artist said, hey, there's a lot of people on these dating apps? I mean, did they both sort of grow hand in hand, or, or were the con artists already there? Yeah, I mean, they have been there for a long time, okay. right? Uh, the discount artists, uh, they have been there for a long, long time, specifically on websites, more than dating apps, right? They have been, as we know, in the past few decades, uh, been focusing on contacting uh, specifically people over 50s, over 60s, uh, who were looking for some kind of companionship uh, after the divorce of a partner or after they, you know, they became widows. For example, so then uh, these people they have been there for a long time. But I think with the pandemic, what we have seen is because of the inability to go to a bar, for example, uh, to meet somebody or to meet in person right after matching with somebody online, then uh, these kind of hard artists they have seen uh, that it's much easier for them to just reach out to people and to just lure them uh, into whatever virtual relationship that uh, they want to lure them into because of the idea of. COVID and they're not able to meet. So then what, what we have seen in the past two years, there's been an increase in, uh, you know, scams yeah. of, uh, of that, right? So, Carlo, how do these scams typically play out? Is it like all the other ones we've heard about, the romance scams, where they sort of reach out, establish a relationship, build trust, and then and then start asking for money? 
uh, you know, it's basically like this, you know, the, the, the women's camps that we have, we have heard uh, of before. But the, the, dif- the difference in the specific uh, type of scam is that they don't ask for any money. They don't ask for your money. They don't ask for your personal banking information. They don't ask for a credit card. They don't ask you to buy gift cards. You know, this is the kind of things that we've seen in the past few decades. Yeah. Instead, what they ask you to do is to invest on cryptocurrency, uh, you know, trading platforms. And then, because, you know, cryptocurrency nowadays is very it's a hot topic, right? People yeah, sure. talk about cryptocurrency all the time. We see ads, uh, for example, at Super Bowl events. We see ads on TV regularly uh, talking about the importance and then how it's so important to invest in that. Otherwise, people are going to miss out uh, on, uh, you know, a potentially life-changing investment. Then what these companies, they do, instead of asking people for their money, they just they create some fake trading platforms which they control and then when they talk to the victims and create virtual relationships with them they lure them into investing the real money into these fake platforms that they create so that's how they have been able to um you know um, con people out of their money amazing how much money are we talking about here in cryptocurrency uh investment scams uh, we have seen uh a loss of $14 billion worldwide. And then we're talking about, obviously, uh, U.S. dollars uh, as uh, the numbers that we are reported. And in Canada, based on, you know, only the cases that were reported to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, uh, which which is, you know, a body that works with, uh, you know, the RCMP. So what we've seen, we've seen at least a million uh, you know, a hundred million dollars uh, in the past two years, and again, those are not only numbers that were reported because most of the victims, you know, because of shame, embarrassment, yeah. anger, and uh, feeling like they were scammed, they don't report it. So I would assume that the number is much higher in Canada than a uh, hundred million. Unbelievable. Now, is there any? jurisdiction any country anywhere that said whoa this is really something that we need to step in and try and get some regulation on these dating platforms and we need to do something is anybody around the world looking at maybe making this safer somehow yes absolutely and this is one of the reasons uh you know i wrote this article because obviously of the alarming number of people who are victims of uh, this kind of scams but also because i i feel like the government uh specifically in canada is not doing enough to protect people, uh, you know, against these kind of, of scams or to even, uh, you know, uh, accompany them after, uh, you know, they, they are victim of these scams. So in the UK, uh, they uh, proposed a bill that was in March 2022, uh, in which they they suggest at least, or they're proposing to regulate online platforms and online banking, for example, in order to protect people against scams like this. Because uh, one of the things that they have been able to do is to understand that scams don't happen only because Uh, to regulate all aspects of online 
uh, scams. So whether they are, um, you know, through online dating platforms, or whether they are uh, through, you know, financial institutions that provide services such as, uh, you know, crypto trading uh, platforms, for example. And so that they did do that. But also the United States is, uh, you know, they are definitely working on this. So the president Joe Biden just issued an executive order that was also in March to, uh, you know, talk about the importance of regulating cryptocurrency, uh, you know, the world of cryptocurrency in itself, but also how people, uh, you know, buy and sell cryptocurrency and invest money in order to prevent those who may fall for all of these, you know, uh, scams that are out there. And many other countries are talking now about the idea of regulating, uh, you know, online, the online life, yeah. and, you know, including uh, the currency and, and online dating. But we definitely need more. In Canada, we need uh, more uh, oversight of the government and more regulation on the part of government uh, bodies to really understand how these scams are affecting people and how they can, you know, actually do something about it. Because otherwise it will continue. The more people get online, either to look for love or to uh, use services, we have seen that during the pandemic, most people have used, for example, school. We have seen people using, uh, you know, Zoom, for example, as a platform to continue their education. Uh, more and more people have relied on, uh, you know, for example, apps, uh, you know, to be able to use uh, their bank accounts, right? So we are continuously using online services and because of our lack of education, but sometimes, some, uh, you know, lack of experience on the online dating, on the online world in general, it's much easier for an artist to just to fool people into, uh, you know, unfortunately losing all the money. Yeah, Carlo, I'm I'm wondering like, I mean, the, the, we talk about Canada or the UK doing things, and I, I agree there has to be something that I'm just wondering how effective it would be. How you do this as a country? Because I mean, the people that are doing this are more than likely. I'm, I would I would bet my house they're not Canadians. They're 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 doing this from somewhere else. I mean, how can you possibly make this? Um, safer? I mean, can you ensure whatever money is? I mean, I don't understand how you would go about regulating this into safety. Yes, I think, uh, you know, we need to have a coordinated effort. So it would not be, you know, we cannot approach the digital world, the online world, right. as we approach real life, because obviously, uh, you know, there is a matter of jurisdiction uh, that is there, like, as you say, most of those people, they, they are, you know, as I wrote in some of the articles, they are located in South Asia. So Southeast Asia, so it's much more difficult to, to meet these people. But then if, uh, you know, regulation for me can happen when you ask, for example, banks to uh, pay attention to, to the customers. One of the of, of part of uh, financial regulations in Canada is, uh, you know, the know your customer rule that actually requires that you, you know, develop this kind of relationship with your customer in order to protect them whenever there is something suspicious that arises, right? So then one of the one of the ways to do that is to coordinate effort between government, financial institutions, and other platforms to know whenever there is something big that's happening, a new scam, for example, you alert customers. You, yeah. uh, you know, prevent them by educating them on the new, uh, let's say, the latest uh, iteration of, of whatever scam is there. This is, for me, one part of regulation. If you put that in policy, if you put that in the law, that financial regulation, they should actively and proactively, uh, you know, prevent uh, the customer by educating them more on scams, on the danger of online world 
then you're already saving a lot of money even 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 before they are they are, they are uh, you know they're lost uh, another thing in terms of uh, jurisdiction we definitely need you know uh, several governments to work together yes. now we live in a world one of the things that we have seen is that you know online technology has connected us uh, regardless of where we live in the world i can live in canada today and work for a company in australia without having to go to australia to work right so that's what technology has done and so we should be able to adapt to this world and make sure that governments they work together to coordinate actions in order you know to go after these people because for example when it comes to cryptocurrency um uh you know uh theft for example we know there is a lot of information that out there because all the information about cryptocurrency is public then if governments they work together they can actually find out who these people are because you know they need real you know uh, you know information to be able to register and by doing this they can go and go after these people and stop these kind of victims so i, I do think uh, we need to think differently than how we think generally in terms of Yes, something is, uh, you know, the jurisdiction is Canada, so we're going to do something only for Canada. We need to stop thinking globally yeah, absolutely. to be able to adjust to, to the technology. Yeah, no question. Uh, Carlo, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Fascinating discussion. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. That's Carlo Handy Charles, who is a PhD candidate in sociology and geography at McMaster. Scary stuff, though. I mean, you're, you're talking about $100 million in Canada. And as he said, that's a drop in the bucket because nine times out of ten, the people who fall victim to these kinds of scams are so embarrassed, they don't tell anybody. Um, you know, and that's a big part of not even knowing how pervasive this is. So that $100 million, like he said, that's a fraction of the money that's really... Sarah, you've never been on these dating things, have you? You're too little for that. Not too little for it. But no, my, my I started dating my boyfriend before I got on any of those. See, there you go. Like, I've been married before apps even existed. Well, the apps were around. I just met him <laughs> not on an app. Good. But I, plus, plus, you're smart like a computer. I don't think you'd fall victim for this kind of stuff. I don't think you would. You know what? You'd think that, but a lot of them are hard to see. Yeah, and I shouldn't say you know, you're smart so you wouldn't, because there's. I'm sure there's very smart people. These The people who, these scam artists are experts, right? They know how to do it. Well, and they know how to prey on the vul- yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, and exploit any sort of vulnerability that may be there. So, yeah, I'm not saying no. I'm correcting myself before you send texts and letters uh, to me. You're right. I shouldn't have said you're smart so you wouldn't fall victim. It's got nothing to do with that. Uh, it's just they're, they're awful people, these scammers, right? And they, they prey on you at your weakest and they target your vulnerabilities. And it's just, ugh. Uh, speaking of Bitcoin, it's down 5% today, down 15% in the past week. It's now 50% of its record high, so maybe they'll switch to something else. I don't know. 